0: The Metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform and promises to be the next frontier for human experiences on the internet. Into the Metaverse covers companies, technologies, and trends that are bringing these promises to life. Join creator and host, Jonathan Ross Friedman, founder and CEO of SuperSocial, as he interviews the brilliant minds that are building, shaping, and investing in the Metaverse. Welcome to Into the Metaverse. Uh, With me today is David Taylor. David is a game industry professional. He's uh, been working at EA as a product manager. Uh, He later on joined uh, the company that I founded, Super Social, where he was head of product management and and later on moved on. And and I know he's doing a bunch of really interesting things at the moment, which he may or may not want to talk about. But we are gathering here today. David, thank you for joining. Really excited to welcome you on the pod for the first time. Really excited to gather here today with you, David, to talk about Roblox, UEFN, the dynamics between the two platforms, where they are now, what are they tracking towards, what are some of the pros and cons of each platform. I know we're going to talk about some numbers on where these platforms are at the moment. And I think we're going to talk about it from like a developer perspective, from brands who want to come in, from audience, the efforts of the platform themselves, and so on and so forth. So you know, David also uh, wrote with me, but it really was mostly David, who wrote a great piece last year, about kind of a preface piece about the Unreal Engine integration into Fortnite Creative. And so I'll make sure that we add that as a link. Uh, It's still very relevant to today. And David, probably we should do a V2 at some point. And uh, you should go and read it because it was a really great piece from David about uh, the Unreal Engine Editor integration into Fortnite Creative. And I think foreseeing a lot of the things that happened uh, when uh, Epic announced Fortnite Creative integration uh, during GDC 2023, and 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 I think it's a really thoughtful piece that you should go and read. And we're going to talk about a lot of stuff from that piece today, anyway. But David, great to have you. I hope you're well. Awesome to be here. Yep, doing great. Okay, so let's start first with just a, a kind of setting the stage for the audience. Fortnite is a game. It's a first-person shooter game that people. Uh, the enemy games created, which became one of the most successful video games over the past decade, generating billions of dollars in revenue, uh, majority of which is based on virtual skins and virtual merch. They then integrated, they created Fortnite Creative, which was a version one of a creation platform that allows anyone to build Fortnite Creative type experiences inside the Fortnite ecosystem. And they have recently, earlier this year, integrated the Unreal Engine editor into Fortnite Creative, which allows for the creation of more complex games and experiences with more monetization. We'll talk about that. Um, so they've went through that journey, and so, but if you had to explain to a random person in the street what is really Fortnite Creative UEFN, uh, give me your definition of what is that thing today, and where do you think it's heading in the in the coming years.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if this is a, a person on the street with no context, I'm going to of course say, you know, as a, as a player, you can go into UESN and you can create your own map and you can publish it to the Fortnite user base and you don't necessarily need development skills. You don't need to know the scripting language in order to create a Fortnite creative map. But, uh, if you want to do some more complex functions, then that's something that's, that's definitely helpful. But essentially you can as a player, you can go in and make your own maps and you can post them on, on the Fortnite game and make in some cases millions of dollars if you have a, a, a massively successful game. Obviously most do not achieve those numbers, but it's possible with the amount of money that Epic has committed to to the space. And let's talk about numbers, right? What is the scale that we know of today
0: of UEFN from a daily user uh, base and also from a like the market size of how much money is allocated to developers who monetize on the platform.
1: Yeah. So, in terms of daily active users, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head. At any given time, there's about 1.2 million players playing uh, Fortnite. And in terms of total spend on the platform, I've estimated roughly $4 billion, uh, which is sort of based off of Epic's reported numbers a few years ago, and the fact that they've had stable uh, DAU growth uh, since then. Uh, And so basically, they've committed 40% to an engagement pool, which includes Epic's own-created games, including Battle Royale, which is the the main reason why people come to play Fortnite. And so when you, when all is said and done, you know, the majority of engagement in Fortnite is with Battle Royale, about 63%, according to my numbers, uh, of all engagement is in epic created games. And so that means that there's roughly 37% of that engagement pool going to independent creators. So roughly, you know that's a little bit less than 400 million dollars probably you know 350 million dollars is is where it's at and and you know that number can change based off of the way that epic incentivizes creation with their engagement payouts and that's something that has changed recently which we can talk more about um um, in a bit and just just so folks are
0: clear that amount of developer payout is roughly it's less than 50% of what Roblox anticipates it would pay out this year on the Roblox platform, which is about 800 million. So it's a different scale. And another thing that probably worth calling out is that Roblox has a a bunch of diverse ways of how developers make money, anywhere from uh, in-game monetization, selling virtual goods, engagement revenue, which is the only way you can monetize at the moment on UEFN, the common things between the two is that when you talk about engagement revenue, uh, both apply some sort of an algorithm that only they know about, that is not really made visible to developer community, and therefore it's unclear to the creators how exactly what exactly they need to hit from a KPI perspective to unlock that engagement revenue, which which I think is you know something important to keep in mind as this platform continue to compete with one another on the attention of users and the attention of creators.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and on the on the Fortnite side, you know they they do say what it's based off. They don't obviously put it into concrete terms, but they say generally speaking, you know, we want you to attract new players. We want you to attract lapsed players. We'll give you an extra boost if you do those things. Uh, if you're able to keep players coming back day in day out, we'll give you more. More engagement payouts if you do that, um, and then lastly, this is the the most recent change. It's been that if you if the player spends in the epic uh, in the uh, item store, then within a week of the uh, play session, they'll also give you an extra boost in engagement based payouts. So let's talk a bit about
0: strategy. Uh, I remember there was a tweet. Um, right, and and you incorporated, I believe, that tweet from Team Sweeney in the in the letter you you wrote. And he he said, you know, there's a tweet that asks him, you know, at team, like what 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 is what's Fortnite? And and he says, like, today it's a game, but ask me again in a year, right? And so I think that was like a few years ago, right, or a couple of years ago. So what I want to talk about is what I believe is one of the key challenges that Fortnite faces in becoming a platform. Fortnite historically, and to a large extent till today, for a majority of people, is a first-person shooter game, a first-person shooter video game, right? That is mostly what it's known for. That is mostly what it is still known for around the world. Now, there is definitely a great, a pretty good percentage of users who access Fortnite Creative. Can, can you refresh my memory, what was the
1: number of players who also play Fortnite Creative, not just Fortnite? I don't think they've shared like what players are doing both, but in terms of just total engagement, it's around 36% of total engagement is in Fortnite Creative Maps. Okay, so almost
0: 40% of the engagement, which is significant, right? Um, that being said, I believe, and I might be wrong, but I wanna hear your perspective. I believe that even that 40% is happening within the context of Fortnite as a first-person shooter game. Let me explain that for a sec. It's happening from the perspective of what do people think Fortnite is? What is their expectation of the creative experiences built by the community? And that leads me to what I believe is a massive challenge for Epic in really making Fortnite creative a widespread platform, not just in terms of users. And I know there's no official numbers, but... I think the estimates are talking about 20 million daily active users, maybe even less now that they're not available on mobile and iOS, uh, but let's call it 20 million. It is less than a third of the daily active user base of Roblox. But more importantly, it's not the amount, it's the who are the users, right? And I still think we are looking at the most uh, recent numbers shared by uh, uh, publicly that about 90% of the user base of Fortnite and Fortnite Creative or Fortnite at large, are 18 to 25-year-old male. Now, obviously, who knows if people actually put their real identity and their real age. No one knows. But let's assume it's roughly around that. What is your perspective on how realistic it is and what it would take from Epic Games to really expand and enhance the identity of what Fortnite is and means for people? And how do they go from a 90 percent 18 to 25 year old male around the world who care about fortnite as a first person shooter game and how do they go from that to a much more diverse gender split age demographics that would require a bunch of different pillars that need to be reimagined on the platform i'd love to hear your take and what do you think are those key pillars
1: yeah i mean i think I don't know if the numbers are that skewed, that sounds, that sounds extreme, but. uh, That's just the most recent numbers I've seen,
0: right? Okay. And and again, it's like in a blog that talks about Fortnite, who knows if it's true, but let's, let's call it even 70% is 18 to 20. It's still
1: very, very different than Roblox, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably closer to what, what I've seen. Um, but yeah, I think they've got an interesting chicken or the egg, uh, problem here, right? Because if you only have that age demographic on the platform and engagement-based payouts are based off of, you know, engagement, then it makes sense that existing creators on the platform will build for that audience in order to attract that audience to their game. Right. Um, But what they ultimately want is for new games to be created that attract a new audience and, and, you know, become something resembling more closer to Roblox, which, you know, is 51% male. uh, And as far as age demographics is fairly evenly split across every, you know, every every age segment up until 25 so i think that's the goal of what they want and what they're trying to figure out and i think this goes back to how they incentivize uh, the payouts is they want new players to come to the platform and play games that you know were that are appealing to a different audience and that's why they give this extra boost to players who are new players who are lapsed is because that's what they're trying to do they're trying to give more money to people who create entirely new Experiences that will attract the a more female demographic, uh, a maybe a, a younger demographic, and yeah, I think that the 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 challenge that they have is that they the tool set just isn't quite there yet to build the types of experiences that exist on Roblox. And so, again, they're they're just sort of not quite at the stage where they're going to achieve everything that they've set out to achieve because uh, even if even if they had um, creators who could attract a user base that would play entirely new games, the toolset doesn't allow you to create most of these games that you see on Roblox today.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that, so we're talking about the toolset, right? That needs to be way more expansive. Fortnite UEFN today does not allow player, sa- player progression. Uh, there's no real virtual economy yet. Um, you, know, uh, you can't really create your own avatars. All of those things will
1: happen, right? Certainly, Can't create the, can per, create your own items. Can create yeah. your own items. All
0: of those things will happen certainly in the coming years. TBD when, but let's assume they're all happening. You will then need a very robust creator community that wants to build those diversified experiences, and 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 it's very much a cold start problem because in order for someone to create experiences that are different than the core of what generates money assuming those who create experiences want to monetize and build a business and sustain themselves you're going to need the audience that is looking for those experiences right and now I'm not suggesting that that's not possible that's definitely possible especially when you're Epic Games and you're one of the world's largest and most known game companies in the world uh, on publishing Game Engine now with Fortnite Creative it's definitely possible. I would argue that people underestimate the length of time and the level of investment that it would take for a company like Epic Games to get to a, a real scale that goes beyond the niche of the Fortnite audience. Because even if we talk about 20 million daily active users, in the grand scheme of things, it may be a lot for a game. It is not much for a platform, Right. I would even argue that even Roblox at 66 million daily active users, it's, not, it's still a niche, right? That's why when, when I hosted Dan Sturman, CTO of Roblox on the, plat, on the podcast, one of my questions to him was, Dan, how are you going to get, like, what needs to happen and what needs to be true for Roblox to get to a billion users? And he said those three things, and I'm curious about your POV. He said those three things. He said, number one, Roblox has to be a utility. And you see what they're launching soon this year, the Roblox Connect, that sort of avatar-based phone call experience, which is really cool. And I think will drive a lot of interesting experiences around it. So Roblox needs to become a utility, not just a place you play games, one. Two, he said, Roblox needs to be a place where anyone can create. Generative AI likely will play a role in enabling 10 times more people to create on the Roblox platform in the coming years. And then the third thing he said was, Roblox needs to be on all computing devices. We're seeing the expansion now. Only in the last few months, Roblox announced meta availability, PlayStation availability. Obviously, there is still more devices anywhere from Vision Pro that we launched to uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, And of course, there is this little tiny country called China where Roblox has presence but really hasn't done yet much uh, for a bunch of different reasons that we don't need to get into. So, I mean, my first question to you is what's your POV on those three things that Dan said that need to be true for Roblox to reach a billion users? Um, now, I didn't put him on the spot and ask, is it a billion daily? Let's assume it's a billion people on the platform. Let's assume it's a billion on, 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 on a monthly basis, right? Which is still, uh, I don't know, five times more than they have now, four or five times more. That re- really requires Roblox to become something that is it not, it's not today.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think this is why they emphasize in their earnings calls the, over the last year or last couple of years is the importance of aging up. Um, because, you know, in order to achieve those numbers, you need to become more than just a game or a platform for kids. And I think that, you know, they've done a good job, at least according to the numbers. And, and obviously you can take those numbers with a grain of salt because anyone can sort of state their age and with the, with the, um, with the age gating that they've now employed there's even more incentive for kids to claim to be 18 plus but you know it's going to in order for them to be successful and achieve a billion you know users they need to be everywhere they need to be uh, a platform for everyone and i think that will just come with time because you know once you're on roblox it seems like it's a fairly sticky platform even if it doesn't necessarily become the main way that people uh, you know in the 25 plus demographic like to play games, it is still a way for them to engage with their friends and, and spend time together, which I think ultimately is what, um, is what they're moving towards, right? They want to become a utility. They want to do phone calls and video conference calls on, on Roblox. So I think, uh, you know, it's totally possible. It's going to be many, many years before, uh, you know, they prove it. I think growth will probably slow. You know, at some point, they're at 20% year over year growth that I don't think will sustain forever. And, but with time, I think they can em- eventually get to a billion. A billion is a lot. A billion is Facebook level. And, and
0: I, I, look, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, I'm bullish on the category. I'm bullish on Roblox. I'm also bullish on, on UEFN in the long term. But I do echo what you're saying that it's going to take a long time. I think, especially because the category, is so very early in general, right? Everyone feel like the metaverse virtual world is still in a toy stage. Uh, it's not something that is mainstream. We're not going to see 45-year-old people jumping into a Roblox experience anytime soon, and I don't think at all, potentially. But as this generation, this metaverse native generation, anyone was anyone that's born after the year 2000 matures and... and you know, come of age, uh, it would increase the probability that not only that generation, but anyone born after. So, in in a twenty in a twenty year time frame, in a ten to twenty year time frame, I think a billion people is is very realistic, uh, given just how early the the category is. But I do think we're talking about a lot of people, and I think that just shows how much upside potential there still is in this category. How early we are. Which is why even at 66 million daily active users, I'm saying it's it's, it's, it's still a niche. Now, it's a, it's a niche audience, uh, demographically speaking, but the upside is clear. I want to switch gears and talk about developer community. One of the things that I see a lot and I hear a lot, and to the detriment, I think, of a lot of companies, is if we build it, they will come. Oh, if we just reduce our take rate and we just give more money to developers, they will come. Oh, if we just simplify the tools, they will come. If we just make a bunch of more integrations, they will come. If we push the visual fidelity, they will come. And my answer in most cases, even in the case of UEFN, and this is where I I wanna hear your take, even in the case of UEFN, I point people to the fact that Roblox is not a five-year-old company, not even a three-year, it's a 17-year-old company with an overnight success. But what Roblox has done systematically and organically and over time consistently is nurture an incredibly passionate, committed community of developer, a developer ecosystem. And, and I say to people, go to RDC, the Roblox Developer Conference, then you will understand why Roblox is so powerful and unique because you have a whole generation and from all over the world of young people who are absolutely fanatic and passionate about, it's almost like a tribe or a cult in, in a good way. Um, very difficult to copy, even when you're Epic. What do you think UEFN and Epic Games as the owner of the platform need to do in order to be able to build such a phenomenal and, and dedicated and committed and capable developer ecosystem? Because they're gonna need that to for themselves to be able to get to a billion users in the next 20 years.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying around, you know, there being a, a number of platforms out there that are trying to just, you know, create a niche for themselves and grow and grow a player base. And I think that's going to be really difficult for those, for those companies that are focused on being a platform first. Um, I think that what Epic has going for it is that it had 10 content uh, that brought in m- tens of millions of players, hundreds of millions of players to play to play Fortnite, and that is a great starting point for building a, a creator community around. Because ultimately, what's going to bring people in is whether or not you can pay them. Right? Any the the, the developers will come if you have money to give them. That's ultimately what's going to to, to drive um, creation on a platform. And then hopefully what you get is content that is high quality enough and engaging enough that people continue to play. More people want to come, they invite their friends, and that's how you grow your player base. And Epic starting from a point of, you know, 1.2 million concurrent players, that's a really great starting point. you know, Roblox had to start from zero and that's why it took them 17 years to get where they are today. I think Fortnite's able to sort of jump the line a bit because they already have such a huge audience, and because they're able to pay out their creators in far higher numbers than any other platform besides Roblox does today. I think the one thing that they don't have, and this is also a, uh, a function of of being a fairly young company relative to Roblox, is the tool set. So you have all these talent, all these talented people, even you know AAA developers who want to come in and build on UEFN. And what they're finding is they can't build the experiences that they want to build they're constrained by, by, you know, a a fairly limited and and often buggy tool set that, you know, prevents them from building something that you would expect from, uh, you know, a talented game designer. And so what you see on the platform today is, is these very constrained experiences, mostly practice maps are what are successful today. You know, a couple of hobbies had a, had some breakout success. Uh, obstacle courses. That's what OBIs stand for. And so, yeah, I think, you know, the the area where where Epic really needs to catch up is on the tooling. How much is this a
0: case of Epic potentially under, over-promising and under-delivering at the moment to the expectation with their massive announcement to GDC? Is there a world where it would have served them better to integrate UEFN and kind of start a bit more gradually. I know it's tough because it's Fortnite and it's so known, but how much do you think the over-promising and under-delivering is, could be at the, detri- at, the de- at their detriment?
1: I don't think it's necessarily that they're over-promising and under, under-delivering, which, I mean, they are, but I don't think that's necessarily the, the issue. I think the issue is that they're paying out $400 million, $350 million a year to creators, which is a lot of money, but they haven't provided the tool set to get the ROI on that investment. So, you know, you might have brilliant creators who are entering the platform, but if you don't unlock their ability to design incredible games, then you're paying money to content creators who are already on the platform. That's where, you know, that's where the, there's a, there's a creator who's probably going to make 20 to $25 million this year, uh, just through engagement based payouts. And his game has been on the platform for a couple of years. So they didn't actually get new content from from increasing their spend in this space. And I think that's that's the challenge. And, and you know, it's, it's hitting their bottom line. They had to, to lay off 16% of their workforce a few weeks ago, uh, which is interestingly, you know, the same number uh, or similar number to how their costs increased. So their, their total cost as a company, as a result of this, increased by 15%. And they had to lay off 16% of their workforce. That is very interesting. Um, And Team Sweeney has been talking about
0: that Fortnite at the moment is a lower margin business than it used to be, obviously, because they're giving so much revenue back to the community. Uh, It's a really interesting point. I think that's a lot of food for thought for Epic. And I think also for creators who are thinking about coming into the platform. Another aspect I want to pick your brain on is to what extent not being available for all the reasons we know of on mobile, on iOS, on the iOS ecosystem. To what extent uh, this hurts them in the, in the near future?
1: I mean, you know, Roblox is 70% mobile. 78, mobile and tablet. 78%. So, you know, it's not too much of a, it's too much of a leap to, to assume that it would be similar for Fortnite. And so, you know, this is only 30% of their total total addressable market that they're that they're currently accessing um so i think it's a huge uh it's a huge opportunity i'll say um obviously mobile spends at a lower rate than than uh console and and pc so it's not going to be the most highly monetizing player base but uh in terms of just growing their audience still a significant chunk of change like there's there's massive upside there if they can if they can sort of resolve the issues that currently exist let's talk a bit about brands
0: obviously you've worked with me on a bunch of things related to brands at super social Uh, Fortnite creative is a place brands are activating not at the same scale as roblox right roblox had probably close to 100 branded experiences launched over the last three years epic had dozens um, and and surely will grow Um, when brands are thinking about activating in one or both platforms, what do you think are the key considerations that they should make when they think about which platform to go or even explore, does it make sense to be on both?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the most obvious one, and I think probably every brand thinks about this is just the demographic that they're trying to reach, right? Fortnite is a very specific uh, age and gender demographic, whereas Roblox is very diverse. So if you're not looking to reach, you know, college age men, then you probably want to go to Roblox. Um, the, there, you know, the the strategy as for how you approach that and how you go to market with a with a Roblox or Fortnite game, I think also varies uh, based on of your platform. But I don't know if you want to, to dive into that. Well, give me your perspective. So, you know, on Fortnite, what you see is sort of these brief spikes where, you know, You'll launch a game and you'll get players into it, and you know even for you know particularly well you know successful games they'll only be making a splash for a few weeks before they eventually die out and then nobody's playing them anymore. Uh, and so, you know when you're when you're on Fortnite, if you're a brand and you're you're thinking about I want I I want to have a sustained experience, it's it's not going to be the case on Fortnite in most cases, right? So if you want to have a, a, a presence that goes on for months or years, you probably want to be on Roblox because the way that the Roblox algorithm works is it will continue to feed you players as long as you're engaging the audience. And you'll have a baseline of, you know, a hundred to a thousand concurrent players at any given time. You'll have a, a branded world where there's activity it's alive uh, on Fortnite you know, there's just a graveyard of branded experiences that launched, maybe brought in players for, for a few days, but now have nobody playing in it. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think that's a, a really important consideration for brands because I think
0: we're getting into kind of the second wave of brands coming into these metaverse platforms. And I think what's clear is that for a lot of them, they want to have that sort of persistent presence I'm not even talking about a persistent experience necessarily, right? It's persistent presence. They want to be relevant. They want to be there. They want to build a community. You know, I like to inform brands and tell them like, you're already making all that effort to come in. And then what? You're just going to walk away and stop, right? I think there's a lot of value going to be in the long term for the brands who are sticking to, you know, who are sticking to the lane and are staying in the platforms and are continuing to activate continuing to nurture relationship with the community. I just think it's very different on UEFN versus Roblox at the moment. For the reasons you've mentioned all the way to the type of games you can build on on UEFN, to the player progression, to the game mechanics, to the monetization. Right? I think all of the things that make Roblox such an attractive place to brand, uh, to activate is also why UEFN, I believe is going to have a challenging time in the near future until they really build out those foundations that we talked about to enable the creation of more complex, more diverse experiences that ultimately would justify brands coming in and staying and activating and continuing to invest more on those platforms. And and so, you know, I I, I think I think you're right. And and that helps kind of outline some of the really key components of differentiation, not necessarily from where these platforms want to be, but where they are at the moment and how much to, some ex- to, to an extent, right? There is a very little overlap at the moment between the two platforms uh, in terms of audience, in terms of the technical capabilities, in terms of the monetization and what you can do as a brand or as a creator. Uh, I actually think that's a good thing. It means that both of them need to continue and push, but it is clearly a situation where while Roblox is a, a, a well-established platform, UEFN as a way to go to really be cemented as a platform. Uh, and then we'll need to see how both of them could continue and push the boundaries forward. But I also don't really see any third
1: platform emerging anytime soon. And I wonder if you have a point of view on that. So my perspective on where the next big platform is going to come from, and I, and let's not forget about Minecraft, because Minecraft does have a significant creator base. It's not. It's not growing at any meaningful rate, but it is, it's there. Um, I think the next big platform is going to be uh, a, a large franchise that already has a significant audience. So, you know, the couple that come to mind on the horizon would be The Sims and GTA 6. I think those are going to be two games that have the potential. I don't know, you know, I don't have any details on what they're building exactly. But, or if they'll even pursue this opportunity, but if I were to um, bet on any platforms, you know, coming and competing with Fortnite and, and, um, and Roblox, it would be, you know, an existing franchise that has a huge audience like GTA Online or, uh, or um, The Sims. I do find the possibility that
0: a next, a third contender could be another Fortnite-like case study rather than another Roblox. Because I think building another Roblox is just gonna take a long, long, long time. While I think there are other challenges in turning a game into a platform. Uh, but these are very interesting examples. The Sims, GTA, folks keep an eye you know, on David's recommendation. These are two interesting case studies.
1: Um, David, what are you most excited about for the next 12 months? uh you know i'm most excited about to see if epic is able to execute on their their roadmap i think they've you know they've set out a roadmap they were two years late to introducing uefn uh and so my hope is that they'll be able to deliver on that roadmap and signal to the creator community that they're they're able to execute now uh on time because the creator community needs those features uh they know that in order to be successful, they'll need the, the capability to retain and grow their audience. Uh, it's not enough to just ma- build these experiences that last a couple weeks and then die off. They need to, to have the tools to, to keep players engaged and, and have a live service like you can have on Roblox. David Taylor, always great to chat. Uh, if you like the episode, folks, like it,
0: share it. If you want to hear and read more about David, follow the Substack stack of Into the Metaverse. I'll put some links to his profile and the writing. And uh, we're going to talk more about UFN and Roblox as we continue this journey. David, it was awesome. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Jan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Into the Metaverse. We hope you learned a lot and explored new aspects of the metaverse.